ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We'll be landing in the airport in just a few minutes. It feels like years since I've heard those words. By now, we are all adjusting to the current situation, but anxiety can give way to feeling helpless, scared, and uncertain of what the future will look like. COVID-19 has tested our resilience as human beings, our economic savvy as business leaders, our tolerance as consumers, and our personal freedoms as citizens in an unprecedented and spectacular way. But despite what would appear to be insurmountable odds, we will emerge from this test better than before. As we discussed in part one of the show, there will be some winners and losers, but it is possible for there to be more winners if we work together to overcome the many challenges ahead. In this week's show, we continue with part two of our discussion, focusing on our eventual recovery and adjustment to the next normal, prioritizing capabilities and looking at opportunities for the future. I hope you enjoy the show as much as we enjoy bringing it to you. I'm your host, Garth Case, alongside my partners in all things green, Odin Gabe and Andre Brown. And this is The Real Green Show. Jamrock Organics, tell them we say. are the best legal and medicine marijuana. We grow natural from the earth by the farmer. Jamrock Organics, them are the best. Them producing some of the purest cannabis. Are the best legal and medicine marijuana. Grow natural from the earth by the farmer. Jamrock Organics, them are the best. Them producing some of the purest cannabis. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, G, what's going on? How you doing? Not bad, man. You know, still in the house. I'm still mm. doing the, the stay-at-home thing, which is good. quarantine thing. Yep, yep. It seems to be working, though, right? I see curves going down in my area. I'm, I'm hopeful. How about you, oh, Andre? Man, yeah. Everything is good with me. Um, still haven't completely lost my mind with all the isolation yet, but um, I'm good. I'm good. Glad to hear you guys are fine also. Yeah, the worst thing is that it's so beautiful outside and, you know, there's no parks or anything open to take advantage of it right now. It really sucks, man. Oh, that's right. You don't live in Florida. <laughs> our, our, our parks are full. Uh, you know, it's so funny, you know, when you look at the disparity across states and how people are approaching this thing, um, it it can feel a bit scary, right? Because, you know, here in the, the Northeast, in, in terms of New York, New Jersey, we've definitely seen the worst, right? And I think it's it's pretty much scared us into staying inside. While in places like Florida, Michigan, you know, people are going, hell no, I'm, I'm gonna be out, I'm gonna do, my, do me like I normally would. Um, and I'm just hoping that, you know, that gamble is, is worth it. Yeah, we'll see because, you know, recently we've, we've all heard that Georgia has opened back up for business. Um, you know, I think in the next two weeks, we'll we'll see just how um, effective that is. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we're, we're hoping it's not too bad because like, I, we can then take steps to, to kind of, you know, open back the whole country, you know, hopefully. 
Well, I'm glad you guys are optimistic as that um, because I'm I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm petrified. I, I do understand that we need to get the economy going, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we took the means. We took the means to to, to stay at home, to stay safe. Um, we were following the statistics, and it's almost like we got to a point where we had to make a choice between commerce and life, and we kind of threw it out the window, and everyone's going back. So, you know, without a pointed, you know, okay, we can see the curve flattening or okay, we can see a pattern of everything decreasing. So let's take these steps. No, we just took the steps and went out. So my fear is, is that it's going to come back. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a serious fear right there, man. I think we all share that um, to a certain degree. And not knowing enough about this virus is definitely um, causing us to all second guess things that um, we're doing and saying and, and you know, what we're looking forward to in the future. It's, it's definitely um, an interesting time. Uh, but, uh, you know, I encourage you to stay optimistic. I think everyone needs to stay optimistic because that is the real way in which we'll get back to some type of normalcy, right? Uh, you know, that's the real, you know, um, thing that we need to focus on, I think, and not succumb to, um, to kind of the obvious pressures that situations like this will put on you um so that said guys um you know last time we had our first discussion really talking through this impact right and you know that we're going through the you know the title of our of our podcast is brace for impact um and in part one we really looked at all the different things that are impacting businesses across the board including us in the cannabis industry and uh, it really painted a pretty bleak picture, right, overall. Um, and But today, we wanted to really dive back into recovery, right, focusing on what does recovery really look like, you know, and begin to prioritize some capabilities and, you know, look at opportunities that will exist in the future, you know. So in, in, our, in our episode before, though, you know, this is summarized for those that didn't listen to that. And I encourage you to go back and listen to that, please, if you have not. It really got very, very detailed into kind of the idea of these closings and what it means to the cannabis industry. Of course, cannabis was deemed essential. Uh, however, that's not uniformly the truth across every state. There were variations to those rules. Um, and most businesses really weren't ready to take advantage of the opportunity that was presented, right? Given the fact that you still couldn't really go into a cannabis dispensary, you had to be served, um, you know, curbside and things like that. And, you know, the technology and the systems necessary to handle that from payment to um, ordering was just not available. So. You know, there were a lot of issues around that. And then, you know, we also talked about the fact that there's going to be some winners and losers in this industry, um, you know, as things shake out. Because, you know, most of the cannabis industry is just not eligible for a bailout, right? Um, and I should note that last time we included the hemp industry into the, our conversation. And um, since then, we have realized that the hemp industry um, is not um, exempt from the Paycheck Protection Program. They can participate. I am not 100% aware of any hemp companies that have received a check yet, but we'll keep checking on that and see what's happening there. But, you know, these are the kind of things that um, we'll be going through 
in the future and will continue to have a long lasting impact. Uh, you know, and so go back and listen to that episode. It was a very good one and I think it's very informative and there's a lot of great show notes that go along with that episode and we encourage everyone to go back and take a look. But today we want to talk a little bit about some, you know, prioritizing capabilities and, and looking forward to the future and what those opportunities that will come out of this might look like and how you might want to approach uh, the business uh, as it relates to, you know, operating in what we call the next normal, right? Uh, so that said, you know, I wanted to start off with some lessons learned. Um, and, you know, I look at opportunities or capabilities, I should say, as things that you should now look at to your core capabilities and determine whether or not you were operating at the most optimal rate that you could, right? Given now that you've learned about, you know, what could happen, you know, ensuring that you've made the proper provisions, um, getting ready for the new regulations that will come in terms of operating in the next normal, right? Especially in the short term, you know, maybe midterm, um, as it relates to social distancing, all those things, you know, ensuring that your employees and your customers are very comfortable to enter your environment, right? Even if you're not a customer facing business, like a um, a grow or, you know, in that situation, you're, you're in a, you know, a, a farming type situation. Obviously, customers aren't coming in, but customers rely on your product. And so as a result, you, you know, they want to be confident that you're protecting them by protecting your employees and the products and so on. So ensuring that you shore up some of those things are very, very important. Um, and so, guys, what other capabilities do we, you know, kind of have in mind that we want to share with our listeners? So I just wanted to kind of, um, you know, add to, to what you, you, you said previously here. Um, you know, we're dealing with an unprecedented uh, crisis. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to, it's, it's hard for anyone to really prepare for what has happened. You know, there, there was no foresight here um, in any way. And I think uh, moving forward, there has to be, you know, as you mentioned, a, a, a set of regulations in place to really protect not only the employees, but the, the, the consumers that frequent um, cannabis businesses. And it, it paves the way for, you know, a ton of innovation here, you know, as we've been discussing um, you know, right now, uh, a lot of businesses are limited to curbside and, you know, having customers line up outside the doors. And we know that's not efficient and that's going to affect their bottom line in a massive way. So I think there's going to be a room for lots of opportunities going forward. Agreed. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think uh, another thing that I saw in the news today is that, um, well, first and foremost, there are a lot of opportunities um, for, for companies in the right, in, in, you know, that have aligned themselves with, you know, personal uh, non-contact businesses like delivery. Um, they're going to be making a huge amount of money. Um, they're companies that have, that are innovative. Like I saw in the news this morning that there's this humidifier company that's emit, that, that, that restaurants are looking to acquire now that they're going to be putting in there to, um, you know, to fumigate to keep the air and to keep all types of bacterias out the out of the air, um, it's it's our new norm. Um, it, it it's 
and it has to be done it has it's not even a choice anymore it, it's going to be a new norm because it has to be done and every place of business is going to have to adhere it's not even going to be a scenario is as if you know i want to do it you want to do it no one not. the truth of it is if you don't do it you're not safe your employees are not safe and you can bring this whole thing back so it's a matter of everyone has to participate everyone has to do it um and i think it's a good thing and i think it lays a foundation too for us in terms of you know some of the platforms that we have you know it's it's a new world i don't know if you guys knew that 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 disney cartoon wally from back in the 90s where there was actually physically no physical contact between human beings i think we're well on our way to doing that <laughs> i think we do need physical contact though at some point it has to get back to that because as human beings that's something that's in our basic uh, genetics but what i am worried about though is the fall you know going forward you know the flu season is essentially a couple months away you know i think a whole lot of businesses really need to gear up to 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 prepare for this because it's going to i feel i really feel like there's going to be a second wave of this it might not be as bad as the first you know we've been hearing reports that it might be worse you know keeping in this optimistic mindset we're hoping that it isn't but we really do have to be prepared here going forward because i I think this fall season is going to be telling, you know, in, in terms of how the, the rest of this year going into the next will fear for us. True. Now, me being the eternal optimist, um, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I, I think that the situation we're in, we are in because of uh, maybe, uh, maybe poor planning, right? Um, in a way. Uh, it is not like the notion or idea of a pandemic is new, right? Um, but we weren't ready for it. And I think now that we've seen the effects and what's possible, um, you know, we now understand that we have to take certain precautions to ensure that this does not affect us again. And if it does, though, and it does come back, we know that social distancing does work. Right. It helps to, to flatten the curve. We can get that moving very quickly in certain scenarios um, where necessary. Um, and I think our hospital infrastructure, you know, as you know, as I guess fragile as it's shown to, to be, will be able to maybe withstand some level. Right. Because now we know how to spin up you know, hospitals very quickly. We might not have all the equipment. We might not have all the testing. There's a lot of things that we're still lacking, quite honest. I'm hoping we we take the time over the next few months to really focus on that. But um, I think we're going to be in a better space to handle it is the, is, is the, the point I want to make is that, you know, if we allow it to cripple us the way it just did, then shame on us. Right. Yeah. Because we have now gone through it and we should be looking to prepare. And that goes to all, you know, everyone, you know, me, you, every business, um, every individual should recognize this possibility. Um, and, you know, when we get to a point where we're no longer wearing masks, you should keep some in your house. Right. I, I'm just going to say it. Right. Uh, it, the realistic point here is that this thing can come back and you might need to social distance again. You might need to wear a mask again, um, you know, after all this is said and done. So, so you know, again, I, I, I remain optimistic that we can handle it if it does come back. 
And our, our goal is to ensure that um, we are prepared. I think that is the, the message. Um, and, right. you know, go ahead. I would, I would agree with you there, Gigi. Uh, I agree with, with O in that I do think it's going to come back in the fall. Um, because, you know, the, you know, depending on, on how much we get it under control during the summertime, but as you know, it, it, it's difficult for it to flourish in the heat. So when the fall comes back, I think you'll see a second wave. I do see that, you know, if you look in the statistics, the United States has, you know, more cases, more deaths than everyone else in the world. I think that has to do basically with the different, the differenting the different attitudes that we have around the country and how everyone is dealing with it. However, the one positive thing, and I know I've said a lot of negative things since we've been doing this discussion, but the one positive thing that I see that kind of helps me a little bit is the fact that they're really, in, you know, in, in terms of um, fatalities and those who have survived, the majority of people who gets it, they survive. And that's one of the things that I somewhat feel a little bit more comforted with. Um, I haven't seen enough statistics to know as to you know how it, we do know that it's 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 devastating in the African American community. It's devastating with people with certain pre-existing conditions. But I think overall we're going to be okay. So um, that's one little optimistic thing that I see that you know I'm going to hold on to and 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 express to everyone that maybe they should be looking at. If, if anyone who was paranoid like I was should look at it too. <laughs> I think um, you know we, we're talking about prioritizing capabilities here, and I think one of the main points that we really need to look into, and and and, and that our, our listeners really need to 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 understand that it's a key because a key priority moving forward is that we need testing. We need to ramp up testing in a massive way going forward. We need to know. We need to to intimately understand this virus and understand how it really affects it and understand how it spreads because i don't think there's anything that we can compare in history that has this type of capability when you when you think about the fact that it's able to be transferred to another person without showing any type of symptom you know, you look at Ebola, you look at MERS or SARS, you, you get that type of infection and you immediately show symptoms. So you can easily track and, and, and maintain the, the, the spread of those type of, uh, you know, viruses and diseases. But in terms of this, you, you know, you or I could be just fine waking up every single day. We capture it one day and you know, we go about our daily life spreading it and we don't know until seven days later when we show symptoms. So I think there needs to be a whole lot more testing and research done around this so, you know, we can really understand it and get back to normal. Yeah, that's a very valid point. Um, you know, we hope that the people in charge are focused on that um, and ensuring that um, we can you know, get that testing and get the knowledge necessary to to do this. Now, you know, when I think, though, another optimistic point, and I'm trying to stay with a very optimistic theme if possible, um, here from my standpoint is, you know, China is back to being 100% open, right? Um, and, you know, if they're open, it's hope for us, right? In that they were the first hit 
Um, their numbers are probably low, um, higher than reported. Um, and, you know, but they're opening up, right? They're beginning to start again. So, you know, when we think about us and we think about our business, we think about America, you know, very resilient. At the end of the day, I think we'll find um, our path here, regardless of what that next normal looks like. Um, you know, but when it comes to business, which is kind of what we want to really focus in on today, is, you know, making sure that you are ready, right, as a business, right? It's really, really important. You know, so one of the things I, I was thinking about as we did, as we were talking was, you know, this idea of suppliers, right? Um, when you think about a supply chain, you think about where products come from. Um, as a dispensary, for instance, let's use that as the example, uh, you are getting products um, from a very long line of suppliers. Uh, and you should have a very clear understanding of where those products are coming from, right? And what their procedures are in terms of ensuring that they are safe, you know, disinfected um, and, you know, what the work environment is like for their employees and so on to ensure that um, their proper precautions and, and, and things like that being taken until we truly understand this virus. Right. That's really the, the, the bottom line is I don't feel as if we understand it enough. Right. And like you, like you mentioned. And so in the meantime, we should take as many precautions as possible to sterilize and and, you know, make sure that our parks are safe and our environments are safe. So that's a, a, a big takeaway, I think, for anyone who is listening to this, who is in this business or in any business for that matter. There'll be new regulations. You need to adhere to those. You need to be prepared for them. Some of them might cost money, right, in terms of how you implement, um, you know, and you have to be looking at your suppliers and figuring out what that looks like. You need to train your staff. Make sure your staff has good talking points around, you know, the actual realities of, of what you're dealing with. So your consumers are educated, right? So they know that you are physically thinking about this and you're thinking about their safety. I think that those are the things I believe that people want to hear or see that will inspire confidence and our ability to kind of move forward, especially in light that we don't know enough about this virus. Um, I agree. I agree. Um, I think there should probably be a standardized checking list, a checklist, you know, of our employees or any other employees in, in, in any other business uh, in dealing with the suppliers. You know, there should be a list of things you know, depending on what what they're delivering or, or, or what we're ordering from them, you know, um, if we're ordering this, what are the specifications? Where are they stored? How are they stored? How are they packaged? How are they transported? Is 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 the environment that they're in is it fumigated? These are questions that have to become norm, have to be standard, and um, you know, it's one thing if if we're taking the precautions to make sure that our environment is clean and safe, and we're and we're you know we're following all of the guidelines. But those who are supplying us, who are bringing products into our environment, we have to make sure that the checks and balances are in place with them also. Yeah, we, we, at this point, we'll, we'll have to depend on our fellow man to really look out for us in, in more ways than one here. When you talk about suppliers and all the different touch points in terms of um, cannabis businesses, you know, we, we as a, a cannabis business, we know that a lot of um, the stuff that is manufactured is coming from China. So again, you know, it goes back to, you know, we we, we hear the news coming from China, we, we hear that they're back to normal, but again, we are not there to really observe it 
and to see that re that really is the case so again it goes back to you know this type of trustworthiness and if regulations are put in place um you know having these people follow it and and, and really implement yeah so you know you, you brought up china let's stay on that topic for a second because i think there's a little bit of a a mixed feeling as it relates to how we will move forward with China and doing business with China. Um, you know, as you mentioned, a lot of products that are in this industry, particularly from an accessory standpoint, um, are, you know, come through China, right? You know, when we think about vape cartridges, um, packaging of different types um, and vape pens, a lot of these things are manufactured in China. And so, you know, I've heard lots of you know, talk about doing more of that domestically. Um, and, you know, my opinion is I think it's a good look. You know, you should be thinking about, you know, diversifying your supply chain, right? Ensuring you can get products from different places, not just one. Um, and including home here in the U.S., obviously that's going to be more expensive and potentially affect your bottom line and the prices to consumers. But, you know, there's still this kind of idea here that maybe we should move slowly in that respect what do you guys think i agree it's it's it will be too much especially with what we're going through now especially with the economic hardship that we're feeling that will last for a number of months this would be uh, an additional shock to the system a major shock to the system um you know, China is 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 the best in manufacturing in the world for a reason. Obviously, for the cost, but their innovation and their ability to ramp up or to make adjustments in 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 bringing different products to to the market, bringing these you know back to the United States again, it's going to take a number of years before we have the capability. I mean, of course, there's obvious costs where things are going to be more expensive to be produced here in the United States, but in addition to you know variety and volume we you know we just won't have the capabilities or be able to transition to that, those kind of capabilities in the short run so it's something that will have for it to be effective and not hurt us it has to be a a, 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 a slow gentle transition yeah i agree um both you guys have very good points again it definitely has to be slow it it, it china is the superpower it is because of their manufacturing capabilities you know they produce you know over half of the world's you know um you know in terms of electronics you know furniture toys um you know it, it all comes from china and i i think it it's it's detrimental to the u.s if they were to to kind of cut ties immediately. Um, I, I just don't see it as possible, realistically. It's just not possible. It's going to happen over a few years, but at the same time, we we have to make it as gradual as possible, especially now since we, we're going through this, you know, a lot of people won't be buying as much stuff anymore. Um, businesses that, that, that do carry consumer traffic you know, they'll see that halved or even less than that. So it's going to take time to ramp up. We first have to get through this and then we think about, you know, possibly, you know, you know, upgrading our manufacturing capabilities. Right. You can definitely see that there's going to be a set of very price conscious 
um, consumers coming up soon. And, you know, like we said, one of the main reasons of dealing with China is because you can get things cheaply. Um, you know, in times of recession, I remember the last one, um, places like the dollar store were the things that were really, really doing well during that economy, Walmart and so on, that were value-driven um, retailers. Those people were doing the best, and, and, and primarily a lot of their products were coming out of China. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I do think, though, as business owners or being a savvy business owner, you want to diversify your supply chain, right? And that's really, really important um, when we think about, you know, business continuity. And we'll touch on that a bit later on. But it's really, really important when you, that you look at that and also think about, you know, renegotiating with, with China and other suppliers, right? Trying to get the best price possible is really, really important now, especially going into the next kind of phase of our economic recovery. It's going to be challenging and um, you're going to want to make sure that you're doing good deals that will keep your business running uh, while at the same time, uh, you know, ensuring that consumers still have access to your product um, and, and that you're able to still turn a profit. You know, um, that, that's really always going to be part of the goal to stay in business. Uh, so, yeah, I, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Gene. Um, but what what I was I was I was in such agreement with what you're saying because you know how every company how everyone especially us here in the cannabis business do business from now on um, this this virus has forced us you know to be innovative and I mean it's a good thing about gridlock gridlock makes you consider options that you probably would not have considered before and as crippling as an effect that this has had it has forced us to really look at the bottom lines look at where you know we 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 can cut we had to cut corners to, when we came to a full stop but we still had to make money so what it forced us to do is is to really kind of recognize what do we need what don't we need it made us cut the fat and it's going to street it's going to streamline businesses moving forward so everything at this point in, in time is, is negotiable but I think, and, and we also realize too, that we have to have a business plan in place in the event that any kind of earth-shaking, business-crippling scenario occurs again, that we'll be able to survive. Absolutely. So, you know, when we think about the, the opportunities going forward here, obviously innovation comes to mind, right? Um, there's always opportunity for us to do better. Uh, with our businesses and our business models. Uh, and, you know, we've always been a, a bit, I guess, you know, our hands have been tied, right? A lot by regulations and, um, and the current um, federal legalization of cannabis in that, you know, things like e-commerce and delivery have been compromised, right? Um, the, the unregulated market obviously is seeing a boom because they can play very heavily in delivery. Some are even playing in e-commerce. So, um, you know, when you think about that uh, and you recognize the limitations um, that this industry is under, these limitations need to be lifted, right? Um, not just in times of crisis like we are in now, but overall, because, you know, when we think about the fact that there are medical patients out there um, that use cannabis um, for a, a ton of different reasons, right? That, but they require it, they need it, um, you know, as medicine. 
uh, how is it possible that we are not focused on ensuring that they can get access to it in the most convenient ways possible? You know, so this is something I believe as an industry we have to focus on. We have to begin to put pressure on the legislative side of the of our governments to ensure that um, this is happening and, and they're they're putting this as a top priority for our industry uh, to make sure it remains sustainable and can uh, combat the um, the unregulated market. You know, at least you know have some chance at um, at beating that market. In, in some way, shape, or form, what do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, when you think about um, when you think about how legalization uh, is possible here, I, I, federally, it's not going to happen. Um, federal government, as we've seen, is 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 very incompetent <laughs> in terms of its handling of the, a variety of things when it comes to the 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 money that's supposed to be going to businesses to the response um, to states so I think in the, in, in the short term you know short to medium term here I think states really have to to, to look forward and to, to really think hard about uh, legalizations the ones that haven't done it yet and do have uh, medical patients on hand you know because again as you said you know medical patients you know cannabis medical patients just like pharmaceuticals they need their medication they need to they need a constant supply so they can deal with their various ailments or else they go back to the opioids and, and stuff that that really you know that affects only them the addictive but, stuff right you're right right that it doesn't affect only them but it affects their you know everybody else because it, you know we now we have to depend on you know how are they able to function in our society so you're right man it, 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 we really need to consider some type of legalization going forward because you know without it uh, you know i think we we go back to to the situation we were in you know you know 10 15 years ago yep i agree all um i do think you know as as we all know in chaos is always opportunity um, the, the stress that this whole scenario has caused, I think it has brought, and I'm still trying to find, you know, some, some figures on this. Um, but you know, individual dispensaries have, you know, lost them, have, have used up their inventory and stuff, which is an indicator, an overall indicator that people are using much more that the medical, medical cannabis people have been getting their stuff and they need to still make sure that they do and get it in a safe manner. Um, but I, I like you don't have faith in the government passing the laws. However, as we've seen, you know, the people are getting a lot more vocal. They, they have been stressed in a way that they've never been stressed before, at least in my lifetime. Um, and again, they're looking at options and opportunities that they have never explored before. This crisis, as, as bad as it has been, is almost a very good scenario to or as an entry point for people who have never tried cannabis before who have never paid attention to the benefits of, of cannabis and especially to you know where it, it in, in terms of stress release stress management sleeping you know i think there's a number of people that are trying it for the first time and they may and I, my hope is that they will get as vocal as they have with everything else um and it might just push the push the legislation so i 
I'm not a big optimist, but I do see the opportunity, and I and I see that there's a possibility that it might open up. Yeah, I, listen, I I really do think it will. Just from the monetary standpoint alone, um, many many local governments, state governments, are going to be very very cash strapped. They're going to be operating in a, at a deficit and they're going to be looking for sources of income. And, you know, if you think about how governments get paid, it's usually through taxes, right? Taxes are the number one method of income. And so they're going to, you know, they can pass that tax on to individuals, but that's not good because people are already going to be hurting from not working and etc. So you really do see an opportunity here to turn up an industry. Right, so if you haven't, as a as a state, um, legalized cannabis yet, you know, medically or otherwise, you should be looking to do that because there is a very very lucrative tax um, revenue stream that you can tap into here that you have not tapped into before, um, and that might end up, you know, keeping your services, you know, that. But residents um, of states would actually have the opportunity to keep their services and and not be as concerned about their government shutting down because of you know lack of revenue so so this is something i think is a great opportunity a very really yeah. good opportunity to get yeah. this in as uh, as president trump said um what do you have to lose <laughs> <laughs> was he talking no. about a time when he talked about drinking detergent or well, i'm not sure about that. <laughs> yeah it's unreal you know, you guys always set me up with this. You know, you know that I can't keep my mouth shut when you bring that gentleman up. Um, but and that's the other thing. I, I, there is a tremendous amount of revenue that we can generate for local governments and for the federal government. But also, too, one of the things that I, I feel very strongly about, we are taxed heavily, so we should be open to all of the programs. Like, I really feel it's not fair and I understand, you know, the back and forth in terms of federally, it's still illegal. But, you know, the money you're taking it, if, if we're if we're going to be paying taxes when prices happen, we have to be able to be bailed out also. Yeah, no, listen, that, that I think goes without saying it really does make sense. Um, but they're always going to throw the law, you know, directly in our face. Right. And, and say that, you know, this is a. A schedule one drug you know and i'm not i just don't get what's taking so long to get that moving but until that moves we're going to be stuck where we are and it's always like limbo conversation of what's right and what's wrong and then you know unfortunately the people who are who are making the decisions are you know not very educated here and uh when it comes to this topic and it's just not going to help us any but well, another sticking point that I had before we, we kind of move forward here. Um, you know, it's been bothering me throughout the whole um, podcast since you 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 kind of mentioned this at the beginning. Um, hemp in, the hemp industry is allowed to take advantage of this, um, you know, personal the, the PPP. So, what about in the the, the hemp industries that are also you know these hybrid industries that are also cannabis what happens there because a majority of you know these burgeoning hemp companies that you know the cannabis and uh, that has uh, a footprint in the u.s also do cannabis so how's how does that even work you know, you know well you know they they separate companies you know they have companies that are plant touching and parts of that that's not you know i say plant touching mean the cannabis plant 
Um, you know, it's kind of similar to how we've structured in a way so that we can do banking and stuff like that. It's, it's you know, you have to have a way in which you are not um, in the eyes of the law, you know, breaking the law federally, right? And so, you know, they've structured that way. You know, they've structured so that hemp um, remains separate. And it's it's an accounting thing to a certain degree, right? It's how the government looks at your company. And so, you know, the, the guiding principle here is always keeping the two entities separate. Um, and that way you're not as impacted uh, by, you know, the, the, the law and the ability to, the lack of banking that comes along with being a cannabis, um, you know, you know, provider, right? Um, legal provider. So, so that's the, the reality of how that works. And, and that's why they're able to do it. You know, um, again, I'm just, I'm with Andre here. Everybody should be participating 100%. There's no industry, as long as you're employing people and you're, and you're providing um, a service to you know the the country um why would you be exempted it just makes no sense but it just goes back to the fact that we have a broken system a broken government um and you know and a lot of people that just shouldn't be in power are so what are we going to do about that not not a whole lot but continue to lay pressure as much as we can um as an industry on our congress people right to ensure that they hear us because out of sight out of mind and so it's really important that we must stay in their faces in order for them to pay attention uh so that said you know i want to end on a specific topic here that kind of goes across the board um as it relates to every business as well as cannabis businesses but it's this idea of business continuity and um and crisis planning right it, it's so important that even as individuals who run businesses that we have a crisis plan but i would love to see more um companies like in other industries start sharing crisis plans so we have a sense of how people are approaching this issue of business continuity you know as we enter the next normal right what is that going to look like and how do you ensure that you can keep your lights on um, when, you know, varying types of problems occur, right? This is just one type of thing that could come up. Um, this happens to be a pretty bad one, but there's lots of other issues that could come about, right? That cause you to have to shutter um, your doors and, and consumers to not be able to interact. Um, and what does that look like, you know? And it does incorporate, you know, what we just finished talking about, which is the ability to be part of any bailout packages. But it is, important though that as business owners people who run businesses that you do have some crisis plan um, in place so that you can quickly um, understand your exposure when something occurs right what does that truly look like and what is your exposure you know if you can't bring customers through the doors yeah i agree uh, i also think taking it a step further in that you know maybe when we look on our supply chain everyone that we do business with and everyone who's a part of a supply chain that we should have a connecting crisis plan so that we actually help each other out and and but moving forward i think this most definitely has to be a part of how we do business i'm in total agreement with that i mean let's take a step back in at least in my lifetime i've seen the world change two times when 9 11 occurred and when this occurred now especially with the global 
warming and the global crisis with with the icebergs melting and everything like that what this for me has is a preview of is how these global things can bring how we do things to a standstill and cripple us if we are not prepared to me it's a shot across the bow it's time now to wake up and think look we're not immortal even though at one point in my life i did think i was but we have to be we, you know in, instead of getting money and spending money and putting it here and there we have to reinvest in our business we have to make plans because it the, the, the reality for me is you know plan for plan hope for the best but plan for the worst something can happen again and we need to learn from what from from what has taken place learn from the mistakes and put things in place and put it together as a team as a community everyone in our supply chain anyone everyone in our in in our immediate business and and immediately outside of that we have to have a standard crisis plan that we can help yeah that's true um you know I, we we spoke about this maybe months ago but we we mentioned thought leaders in in industries and how influential they can be and i think this calls for you know in terms of situations like this and you know how to prepare for it i think there needs to be uh, an emergence of some thought leaders around the cannabis industry when it comes to this uh, you know in terms of preparing because i you know as you guys were talking i couldn't help but think you know you know it's my competition you know if they if they if they're you know not prepared for this then that's good for me so you know why should i help them you know i'm not thinking like this for myself but you know just trying to put myself in, in another person's shoes you know I, I think there needs to be you know again you know people at the forefront of this industry who wants the best for this industry and i think that's how we kind of move forward here yeah, you're right. I mean, that is a common, um, I think, feeling from most business owners um, that uh, why would I help my competition out? But I think, you know, when you're an industry like ours, where um, even though, comp you know, competition is important and it, 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 it exists, uh, you're really part of uh, a larger kind of movement, so to speak. Um, because you have so many other obstacles that other people don't have that we all share, right? And, and I think as a result of that, we have to recognize, you know, the realities here are that some areas we have to pull together. If we don't pull together, then we'll all fall together, right? And, and so, you know, this is the, the reality that I think we're facing more and more because as we develop into an industry, into a, a, an, an industry like any other, it really requires us sharing some best practices. It really does. Um, I don't know how we do that 100% just yet, but I do know that it is, uh, you know, we should be free with this type of information, right? About how do we continue running in the event of something else. And again, you don't have to give any trade secrets, but, but really what am I doing to ensure that in the event of, you know, um, you know another pandemic or something else does occur, um, how do I, what did I learn from the last time and, and, and what am I doing to ensure I can stay in business? I mean, clearly I'm, I have no problem sharing for us. It's, it's going to be diversification, ensuring that we're diversified as a business, that we're, we're in lots of different things 
and lots of different business lines related to cannabis, but not just one, you know, and so that ensures that if one avenue or door shuts, then another one remains open and we can find a way to keep running. And that's always one approach to take. So uh, of many. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think this, um, this, this situation we're facing will, will kind of, again, we look at it as a type of reset, not only on the, you know, the economy or the world, but in terms of a psyche. And I think, you know, this shows us that we really need to work together and trust in our fellow man in terms of looking out for each other. Yeah, this is a world problem, guys, you know, without question. And, and that's the way we're going to beat it is together. Not, not isolated and not apart. And I think we covered that last time. That's really, really important, um, you know, foundational logic to apply to what we're going through right now. That it, it is not, you know, it's not gonna sit on any one person's shoulder to solve this problem. It's, an, it's impossible, you know? Totally agreed. All right, so, you know, I think we've exhausted this, you know, um, hopefully ne- next time we talk, we're gonna be talking about something completely different. We're gonna try and put COVID-19, you know, where it belongs in the past um, as best we can and um, and try to talk about some future things that are coming up, especially exciting things for, for Jamrock that we have, um, you know, that we're looking forward to implementing or we were just about to implement before this occurred. But we are moving forward on, on the things that, um, you know, that we've been planning and, and, and doing. And we're hoping that, you know, our listeners will join us in that, um, providing us feedback and, and continue to support us. We really appreciate it. So um, please share the podcast, right? If you get any information here that's worthy, please share it. You know, that's how we grow and that's how we get this community to, um, to really begin to come together and, um, and start to galvanize around these priorities. If we are to survive, we have to do it together. So on that note, gentlemen, thank you for your time. Really glad to have you on this again and I look forward to the next time. Always a pleasure. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye now. Bye. What's up, everybody? You've just listened to The Real Green Show brought to you by Jamrock Organics. If you enjoyed the show today, please support us by sharing the podcast or leaving us a review. To learn more about us, check us out at jamrockorganics.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on our show, email us at wecare at jamrockorganics.com. Last but not least, please don't take any of the information you get on this show from the hosts or guests as medical, legal, or financial advice. Speak with the appropriate licensed professional. At times, we will share promotional information and provide commercial reviews of products. We will always disclose when we are paid or if any of our discussions are investment-related. Thanks for listening to the show. Peace and love, my friends. Jamrock Organics, tell them we have the best legal and medicine marijuana. We grow natural from the earth by the farmer. Jamrock Organics, them are the best. Them producing some of the purest cannabis. Are the best legal and medicine marijuana. Grow natural from the earth by the farmer. Jamrock Organics, them are the best. Them producing some of the purest cannabis.